Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the Baby Bowl, off-season edition, of course. We are preparing our way and working our way towards going to the Baby Bowl 2022. I believe that's what year it is. I don't know. I'm the crazy uncle of the Baby Bowl is what I've been deemed by Rob Norton at Norton0723, who is the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself. Did I get the Baby Bowl year right, Rob? I, I get so confused on those things. <laughs> it is it is tough, especially with, you know, when we're uh, got multiple sports seasons going on and it's it's hard yes. to keep track of. But but yeah, 2022, 2022. It's hard to believe. Have, have, have there been any changes? Have you decided on any changes for the Baby Bowl this year or is everything still just kind of rolling around in the hopper in your head? Still still uh, rolling around in there. Still weighing some things as as of right now, I haven't made any changes so far. Um so, so we'll see though. We'll see what what happens over the next month or two. Oh, there was that one idea I had at the end of the year. Oh, we can't share it though. But we got to do it. We got to make it available for people, Rob. I think people would want it. I th- we got to do it. We am can, I? Th- we can. We can talk about it. it? Yeah, I'm teasing it, aren't I? A little bit. I'm trying to tease it a little bit. And it's something that I think everybody would want. I think that participates in the Baby Bowl. Maybe even the weekly winner could get one. Maybe there is a very generous person out there. I won't name any names. Maybe there's a generous person out there who plays in the Baby Bowl who would like to make one available to each winner of each week of the Baby Bowl. How many weeks are there? 17. Oh, maybe there's not quite that generous of a person. (laughs) <laughs> hey uh, don't forget to follow me uh wes easily over on twitter at loafinit don't forget to follow show at fi today with a little underscore make sure you slap those stars around on whatever listening platform you listen to this podcast on and if you happen to like and enjoy prize picks or betting over unders or just playing a daily fantasy sport make sure you check out prize picks over there and use the code fi today as a sign-up code and they will match your deposit 100 percent for all new users. That's a great deal going on over there, Rob. I've got to share with you one of these times, and maybe tonight will be the night, where I share with you my preseason uh, MLB pitcher wagers. I think I maybe I did some hitters in there as well, but I was very confident on some pitcher wagers. And you and I love to talk baseball. We're going to talk a little football at first, and then we're going to talk baseball, some headlines here and there, some Yahoo under-owned uh, performing players over the last couple of weeks, and then we will uh, talk about that stuff. But I, I, I hope to work in the MLB pitcher over-unders that I took at the beginning of the year with you at some point. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd, I would uh, definitely love to see see uh, what you put in before the year, the thought process, and then like how how's it going now. Well, there's not much thought process, but the reason why I'd want to share it with you is because you're such a positive person, and I don't think you would actually. I would. I, I would. It would be interesting to me to hear you criticize one of my picks because I can't. I don't think you would say that was stupid, Wes. I would say that was that was dumb, Rob. But you won't say that's stupid, Wes. You'll say, well, that 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 has a slight possibility of being able to make it. <laughs> you got to put the positive spin on it, right? You do a good job with that. Uh, let's head into this NFL news over the last couple of weeks here, Rob. Uh, at the Athletics, Mark Caboli, I hope I'm saying that right, reports that Najee Harris is up to, I don't know if this is Jerome Bettis' weight, playing weight for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he's up to 244 pounds. That's That's 14 pounds heavier than his listed weight of 230 pounds. 
The extra poundage could be in preparation for another massive workload in the Pittsburgh backfield uh, because you know, we know Harris led all rookies and, all, and running backs in almost every statistical category, at least from a fantasy perspective. What do you think about this 244-pound Najee Harris? I've always called him a little Derrick Henry, but I, I don't know if, his, if he's built this way. Yeah, it's interesting because at first, you know, it kind of kind of makes you wonder if it's if it's, you know, just weight gain or if it's muscle gain. And, you know, obviously uh, two totally separate things. Um, It makes me feel like at least a little bit good knowing the type of like workout freak that Najee Harris seems to be uh, from everything I've seen and read that he's he's just like in the gym all the time, getting bigger, stronger. So I'm hoping it's good, good weight that he put on. And he also, he also kind of came out and said that he, even though they listed him at 230, he played most of the season at 240. Um, so, I mean, it might be much ado about nothing, but you never like to hear a guy put on, put on weight and, and uh, especially a guy that's already, you know, bigger as it is. What do you think about Mitch Trubisky as a passer? I know right now he's, throwing the ball to Deontay Johnson. He's reported, Deontay Johnson has reported to the OTAs, and so they're getting a little bit of practice in there, which is good because he is such a target hog. But with, with Mitch Trubisky throwing it to him, how comfortable are you with Deontay Johnson receiving those passes? And where are you thinking about drafting a Johnson this year? He was in those top tiers of wide receivers just because of the volume that he had, Rob. Yeah, I've always been a big Deontay Johnson fan. Um I've gone back and forth on what I feel with in terms of the switch from Ben to Trubisky because on one hand Ben was awful. I mean he was he was he was not good at all last year and so in that sense I feel like he could get uh, even though Trubisky hasn't been great in his career he could maybe be higher quality targets but at the same time Ben also seemed to lock on to Deontay in short routes more often so I don't, I'm not sure like um, I don't, I don't think necessarily that his target numbers and reception numbers will go up necessarily with Trubisky, but it, he could have like more yards per target, more yards per catch, um, and kind of help offset it a little bit. I still like Deontay up. I haven't done my full rankings or anything like that yet. So I'm not sure where exactly, but I would say just, just, uh, thinking about it, um, I'm not as worried about him as other people seem to be. So I'll probably still draft a lot of Deontay. He'll probably be a borderline uh, top 12 guy in my rankings. Okay. Yeah, there was a joke in there about Ben Roethlisberger and only having eyes for one person. <laughs> I didn't do it. Even though you're a Cleveland fan, you would have probably laughed at something like that. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Don't get rid of those Baker Mayfield shares quite yet. A 23rd civil lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson. It's not, it's not bad news. It's not terrible news. I don't, I don't know if this is piggyback news off of things from before. I, I don't know. But they, they've, they're going to have to make a decision. The NFL is going to have to make a decision that I'm unaware of anyway uh, before the start of this season and hopefully before fantasy drafts really get kicking into gear, Rob. Yeah, definitely. The, the Watson's – situation is a touchy one and it's it's tough to really know what's going on because you know like you said the nfl really hasn't come out and said any kind of ruling one way or another the the legal action there's there hasn't been much on the on the legal front so far um 
yeah, it's 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 going to be tough to see. And like you said, Baker Mayfield just kind of in limbo. And for a long time, basically, it seemed like he was done in Cleveland. And he still may be. I mean, they went out and they signed Jacoby Brissett, thinking that he's going to be the backup. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's it's a typical like I mentioned last week. It's yeah. a typical Browns thing. So. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's not some, not, not like we're not used to being basically the circus of the NFL for most of the time. Speaking of a typical thing, and I know our buddy Kevin Tompkins isn't going to like this because I know what I'm going to say about this. Rashad Penny is back practicing with the Seahawks in the OTA, in, in OTAs. He was not practicing last week because he had a tight hamstring, but now he's back in action. Rob, I, I know what Kevin Tompkins' feelings is. I understand what all those pungent people are with all the knowledge that I don't have. But when I start going with my gut, and I try to do a little bit of research along with my gut, you know, I, maybe vice versa on some things. When I have those players that I'm looking at, Rashad Penny, I'd rather take any, I'd rather take a dime or a nickel than a Rashad Penny. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm just not going to do it because of the injury history that's there, and we can't predict people's injuries. And and a lot of running backs do get hurt each and every year. There's not every, there's not one that takes every single snap. But listen, there are more, there are running backs that have a tendency to get injured all the time. I remember we were in that baby bowl thing last year, and I got poked fun at. It. I felt a little bit because I talked about Cooper. Cup and Robert Woods always getting hurt and that I can't trust them. And and there's an injury right around the corner. I got made fun of a little bit. And then that week, that very week, I think it was two days later, Robert Woods went down with that season ending injury in practice. And I nobody, nobody gave me any credits. All there was was crickets after that. But I'm just saying sometimes those things just continue to happen. And I know your thoughts about it, but as far as how you draft those players with injury history, but there's, they should knock down in our rankings a little bit because of injury performance in the past, right? Yeah, yeah, um, I weigh it less heavily than most people probably. It also depends to situation to situation, but um, my general philosophy is if a player is currently healthy heading into the year, I have no reason to expect them to get hurt any more than another player who's currently healthy. Um, now, that's also that's also with the caveat that. Those both both those players are currently fully healthy. I mean, if there if there's any kind of lingering injury on one of them, then I definitely definitely want to knock that that guy down the rankings. Um, so if there's any to Penny heading into the year, it's going to knock him down for me. I'm I'm torn on him. I I liked him coming out of college. I liked the fact that they drafted him. They traded up and drafted him so high, and then then it was just like. Uh, Chris Carson stole the show for them and then Penny kept getting hurt over and over and over and finally had that stretch last year. Um, now they drafted Kenneth Walker. So it's in the workhorse outside of other guys getting injured again. So, you know, I probably won't draft him as high as others will. No, and, and look, when I sit there and I read something that Kevin Tompkins puts out and I have my feelings on things, I, I, I have a tendency to yield to Kevin Tompkins. That guy is one of the brightest fantasy minds that we have. If you're not following him, just look him up over on, over on Twitter. Kevin Tompkins, a great fantasy mind, does a lot of great things in the fantasy community uh, and has, is very talented, very talented in what he does. Speaking of a talented player, LaVisca Chenault, the new Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson thinks that LaVisca Chenault can help the team as a return man. 
a returned man. Uh, <laughs> th- th- hear that? <laughs> Jamal Agnew is, is rehabbing. He's in question marks. And uh, they've added Kristen Kirk, Zay Jones, of course, over there in the Jaguars. But it kind of feels like to me that he's lost a little bit of favor with this new coaching staff, that they're looking at him as being like a specialized player, not a wide receiver at all, Rob. Yeah, he's he's definitely seen his stock, you know, go way down from what it was a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he, he still has potential because he is a he is a good playmaker with the ball in his hands a little bit, and you know, a lot of people want to liken him to being a Debo Samuel type player and mm-hmm. this and that. But um, yeah, it, I I I have a hard time seeing him as a breakout guy or a guy that's going to finally break through. And, and um, so I probably won't draft much of him in, in this year. Not that we needed any more help in muddying up the, the wide receiver room in New England, but Nelson Aguilar is now like the fourth wide receiver there. The depth chart, uh, Devontae Parker looks to kind of be in the first spot, Kendrick Bourne, and then Jacoby Myers. But Aguilar is is kind of the guy on the outside looking in. Albert Wilson was signed by the Minnesota Vikings to a one-year contract. I like that. Albert Wilson is one of those guys, man. He's a speedster. He can get up and down the field real quick. Uh, 94 balls he caught last year for 955 yards, five touchdowns across 34 games for Miami in his career, excuse me, for, in, for his career I was, I was sitting there looking at it. wait a minute Wes you had the wrong notes there he, he didn't catch 94 <laughs> balls last year and for his career he did that uh but I like Albert Wilson signing there kind of a compliment to Justin Jefferson uh in, in my opinion yeah for sure I think it's going to be definitely a one of those better real life than fantasy signings and and people won't really you know people people out that are mostly uh stick to and focus on fantasy won't really you know, really care too much about it, but it's one of those things where it's, it should complement uh, Jefferson well. Kyler Murray has showed up to the Cardinals training facilities and expected to be on the practice field during OTAs. That's important because, of course, there was a lot of that news about Kyler Murray at the end of the season. Zach Wilson has a sense of urgency uh, to turn. Uh, Mike LaFleur said he has a sense of urgency to return to turn Zach Wilson into the player he needs to be. It's only a second year. Mike LaFleur is not, you know, I don't know what the hurry is, but I guess two years into things, it's, it's go time for the Jets. Yeah, definitely. They've, they've uh, spent a lot of time putting and a lot of uh, draft capital, putting weapons around uh, Zach Wilson at this point. And, He's shown some flashes. He's he's pretty athletic. He has a has a really good arm. Um, we'll see if he's made the necessary, you know, off season adjustments and if he can if he can really study more and and pick up on reads better and things like that. But he he has talent and he has talent around him and, and good playmakers. It seems like at least so. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can take that next step this year. Yeah, I think it will be. Paris Campbell has caught eight of twenty four. Matt Ryan thrown balls in practice. This is like the the top of the OTA reporting, isn't it? Like the off-season reporting. That's the yeah. stuff I want to ignore because I'm like, oh, Paris Campbell. I got I got to get Paris Campbell. I, I got to think about it. He's a sleeper for me. Paris Campbell's a sleeper. Uh, we're, oh, we don't need we don't need I don't need to do Paris, that. Paris Campbell is the uh, perennial every year OTA minicamp superstar that that always seems to disappoint. It's frustrating too because he is actually a really talented player, I think. And he just, for whatever reason, keeps getting injured and and, uh, it just seems like he can't really 
put it all together in a season. Uh, Chase Claypool says that he's trying to find multiple positions or running multiple positions during OTAs. After all, uh, because Pittsburgh has lost Juju Smith-Schuster, Ray Ray McLeod, and there hasn't been really anybody that is going to fill up that slot role for them. I don't know if Chase Claypool, though, is necessarily that guy. And when he says he's trying to fill more roles, I just I think about Chase Claypool being kind of the gimmicky guy already. I don't know what more he could do. Yeah, I was never too big on Claypool. Um, he actually had a much better rookie season than I thought he would. And then uh, a lot of people were really, really high on him last year, and he kind of disappointed. Um, they also drafted George Pickens, so uh, I think he's a talented receiver. And at this point, yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly how they're going to use all those guys or, or what. I mean, obviously it's always good to have versatility, so he's probably hoping that the more versatility he can add, the more he can, you know, stay on the field and get more targets and everything else. Oh yeah, you would think so. And we have tragic news tonight uh, about uh, Marion Barber from the Dallas Cowboys who played a couple of years back. I, I you know, he's 38 years old. He, they just found him. He's passed away. Passed away is what he did. And Rob, I think about that one play. I mean, there's many plays Marion Barber. I think he was, one of our favorites, maybe in fantasy even. He, he seemed to be one of those guys that nobody drafted, but, man, whenever you picked him up off the waiver wire, it, he he, come, he he came through for you. You know, he was one of those running backs that would tease us in the baby bowl because he would be that guy to fill in for somebody during the week, and then the next thing you know, he's he's a darling of all of ours. You know, Marion Barber was a really tough, tough running back. Yeah, definitely. I always have uh, fond memories of him, too, because – um, I was telling my wife uh, earlier when I when I heard the news, and I was talking about one of so my longest running home like keeper league. Mm-hmm. One of the guys in our league had Marion Barber as his keeper for a couple, two maybe two three years. It was like that year where he had like fourteen or sixteen touchdowns or whatever it was, and he he kept him. And um, so so yeah, he was always and his 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 team name was like Marion the Barbarian and. <laughs> You know, just the way he run was like the way he ran was that uh, violent, violent style where he was always breaking tackles and things like that. And I think it was back that was back when uh, Julius Jones, I think, was the the compliment. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a name I haven't heard. I haven't heard for a while. So, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely really sad to hear that. Um, I heard there was, you know, they just had found him in in the hotel room and only at thirty eight. Yeah, definitely gone way too soon yeah and he's one of those running backs he reminded me of marshawn lynch you know before Mm -hmm. marshawn lynch or i don't it it was probably right there at the same time but they both had the dreadlocks in the back of the helmet coming out but they both had that same running style where it was really tough nose running style and of course the the one that i got pulled up here on the screen that you might be able to see rob i don't know if i still got the screen pulled up for you or not but that that two yard loss or that half yard loss that he had that he turned into positive yardage or two yard gain where he was back there in the backfield and then he got knocked into the end zone and then he had to break a couple of tackles to get out of that and then he ran up the sideline for a two yard gain but it felt like he ran forever if you if you look here rob if you see this look at tony romo during this play okay now i paused it right there for you and for the people listening on the podcast i know you can't see this but uh mary Mary Barber is getting knocked around, right? He's getting knocked around. And, and look, look at Tony Romo. Let me back it up here so you can see Tony Romo. And look at what Tony Romo has his back turned. 
back turned as Marion Barber's running for his life. And then he's like, whoa, wait a minute. He's still on his feet. And he tries to throw a block, but he's like yelling at the sidelines or something like that. It was funny to watch Tony Romo in a great play like that, <laughs> that Marion Barber had to me. Tony Romo is always that guy that seemed to be, I won't say in the wrong place at the wrong time, but boy, he, he, he could flummox some things. He could flummox it. Yeah, definitely. Tony Romo, was he big on any of your fantasy charts back in the day? Yeah, there was a couple of years where I was actually I, I was I was really, really high on Tony Romo. Um, thinking back to it in that same keep, keeper league, my brother seemed to be the one that uh, rostered him more often than anyone else when I when I think about it. But I always had him pretty highly, highly ranked. I always liked Romo a lot. OK, I, I saw some big news. I want to say um about Cleveland, Rob, where I know that you is is close, near and dear to your heart. Is it true that that gambling is going to begin in Cleveland or become legalized at the beginning of next year? Is that right? That is the rumor. My uh, one of my buddies just uh, sent that to me maybe a couple hours ago. Is really? Starting starting in the new year, supposedly we'll be able to, which will be nice because then I can actually do you know player props and and things like that. Well, when you do, make sure you sign up for Prize Picks <laughs> over there. Use that code FI today to get that little deposit bonus for yourself, my friend. And I will tell you the players that I picked uh, that day so that you can get it. I nailed one the other night when they threw it out. I, I, I think it was like Taco Tuesday or something. I can't remember what it was exactly, but I, I got one of those right. And I get I get them right. I just don't always flaunt them. I don't always have time to get on Twitter and start. I have a tough time tweeting. I, I I just I can't get reality to tweets. I I don't know how to do that very well, Rob. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. You know, I a lot of times I think to myself I'm the same kind of thing. Like I don't I don't know if I'm tweeting enough or I'm tweeting the right things or what what to tweet and like you know I have different like thoughts and things that I, cross my mind throughout the day and then I think to myself I'm like should I tweet that should I not tweet that or should I and I and then it just gets goes by and I'm I'm on to something else. So it's just like I, I know I know how it goes for sure. Okay. So uh over on Prize Picks where you can use that code FI today and get your deposit matched there. Rob and I at Norton0723 over on Twitter. He helped me pick some of these and so did Pierre over on the DFS Dreamer podcast at Pee 31. He helped me at Lofinit uh pick these things and and Rob, I'll just go ahead and tell you, we picked A.J. Brown. I don't know if that was me and you doing the wide receivers or not. Under 1,100. Drake London, under 775. That was me and you because we were picking those unders on the on the rookie wide receivers. Traylon Burks, we picked it under 850. I think that's still looking pretty good there for the Tennessee Titans. They're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry a million times. Jahan Dotson, we picked him under 650. We trusted no Rookie wide receivers uh, that 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 has me scared. And George Pickens, we picked him under six fifty as well. Rob, we don't trust rookie wide receivers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just more of a. I was talking to my brother about this the other day. He was home for the holiday weekend, and he's he does a lot of um, live betting, player props, different things like that. And and um, so I was telling him how it's not not as he likes to bet a lot of overs. But he also likes to bet overs on the on on the live betting like current like game to game kind of things. He and I because I told him I was like I'm I'm more of an unders person, which I know is not as fun, um, but it just feels more likely to happen uh, more often than not. And and so we were talking about that. And so yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh definitely a skeptic when it comes to these kind of things. 
it's whatever pays the bills. If unders pay the bill, pay, then unders pay the bill. I mean, I think yeah. our eyes get different things. You know, like I can see the overs maybe a little bit better, or you can see the unders. I think I can see unders a little bit better on pitcher fantasy scores if I see the weather conditions, if I see the past uh, batters versus pitcher performance and stuff like that, and and how hot the team necessarily is. I think I can get the unders a little bit better for pitcher fantasy score just because I think they're going to fail. Jamer Chase, we took him over thirteen hundred. Debo Samuel under eleven seventy five. Five receiving yards. I think that that's a good one. Uh, Stephon Diggs over 1250. CD Lamb over 1200, being the only target necessarily there, especially at the beginning of the year. I think that's a good one. And the over on the Brandon Cooks 950. I've seen a lot of people slamming that one, Rob. That that one looks like a lock right now at this point. I think that he's a lock with Davis Mills back there at uh, quarterback. For running back, Jonathan Taylor, me and Pierre, over 1,400. Najee Harris, over 1,150. Ooh, I hope he gets over his weight, too. That, that, hmm. uh, Javante Williams, under 1,100. Brees Hall, under 800. I, that, that one has me scared. That, I, Brees, yeah. when, when I've been looking recently at the performance of rookie running backs coming into the league, now there's a lot of miles to feed in that backfield for the New York Jets. But, man, Brees Hall... I, what I'm hearing is good things for him out of out of the New York Jet camp. Yeah, and not only that, but um, you know, Brees Hall is a really elite prospect in general. Um, just his his all his measurables and everything else. But on top of that, you know, if you look at like you said the the performance of rookie running backs, the running back is a is a young young man's position, and pretty much most of players. Um, production comes in their rookie contract whether it's the rookie year or second year third year whatever but they in that in those first four years or so is when most of the production comes from a running back so um yeah i i i'm expecting him to get you know all he can handle and that uh, carter will be more of a passing downs compliment i i think i agree with you but thankfully for me Running backs always get hurt in New York. Uh, we also coupled that just to make it a five a five man parlay there. Justin Herbert over forty seven fifty, and I think that this was you and me where we were locked in Justin Herbert over forty seven fifty passing yards and Patrick Mahomes over forty six hundred passing yards this season. Now let me tell you my baseball ones. Are you ready for these? Listen to I'm this. Ready. You you are you're going to be like how did you do that Wes? And I'm going to be like I don't know I got lucky. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, Eloy Jimenez. This is not even he's not even they they took us someone off the board because I I locked this in as an under 32 and a half I guess home runs this year and he's hardly played so I don't know if they took this off the board or if, like he does not play today did not play so 32 and a half home runs for Eloy Jimenez. I did that because of his past injury history, uh, and and I just didn't think he'd have the playing time. Reese Hoskins, under 32-and-a-half home runs. He's sitting at eight so far this year, Rob. Eight. Yeah, he's he, that one That one could end up being close if he stays healthy all year. Um, but that's the thing is, like like you said, the Eloy, Eloy going, going under – is exactly why most people should take the unders. I mean, just it's just like that you don't want to see it happen, but it happens with injuries. And um, if you think that total is going to be a tough amount to get to if he stays healthy all year, then it's probably good to just take the under because if it's if it's a fifty, if you think in your mind it's about a fifty-fifty shot. If he stays healthy all year, what if he doesn't stay healthy? Then it's yeah. it's very unlikely. So I'll go in your favor then. Uh, plus, you know, you look at past performance and everything like that too. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that he reached that thirty-two mark hardly ever. Uh, if 
Maybe he did. I don't know. Dead balls. Tim Anderson, under 170 hits. He's sitting at 58 right now, and he's also sitting on the bench because he's injured. All right. Hey, got that one. See how we think a lot. <laughs> DJ LeMayhew, under his 168 hits. He has 40 so far for the year, Rob. 40, probably about, what, 150 at-bats so far for DJ LeMayhew. So maybe we're a third of the way through the season for him or at-bats for him. So that one's looking pretty good. Yeah, that one, that one, uh, I, I like that call. I was really low on LeMahieu heading into the year. So I was, I would have been right there with you if, uh, you had, if we had talked about it before the year. So I, I think you're going to look pretty good on that one. Dylan Cease, I took the over on this one, Rob. 205 strikeouts. Right now he has 76. Like we said, a third away through the season. Uh, I think maybe maybe a little bit less if I'm looking at it uh, optimistically for the over. He has 76 strikeouts right now, so you multiply that by three. I think I got that one. I think I got the Dylan Cease over. Yeah, that one will be close too. Uh, anytime, anytime you're looking at 200 strikeouts, he's gonna have to. He's definitely gonna have to stay healthy all year. And um, but yeah, he's one of the best strikeout artists in the game, really. When he's when he's on, so uh, it's not a bad one to be rooting the over on. Brady Manick, uh, this was one of the easy ones uh, that that uh, Price Picks gives you. They, they kind of lob you things, like they, they're lobbing. They they lobbed me a Jason Tatum half point. All Jason Tatum had to get was mm-hmm. a half point, and you could take the over. Well, they gave me a Brady Manick there for UNC, the forward for for UNC, and all I did was have to take the over half a point. So I got that one already locked in, and then I went out on a little bit of a limb. But historically speaking, I didn't think that he'd be able to produce like he did last year. And I'm trying to trade for him everywhere because he's underproducing right now. Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I took the under on the 113 RBIs. That's a lot of RBIs. That's and lot, right yeah. now right now he's sitting at 24. We go three or four times that even, and I'm still looking pretty good on that under. Yeah, 113, that's a that's a high number. I mean, he could he, he could easily go on any kind of binge and um put up, you know, fifty 50 RBIs and and 40 some games so um he he's has that capability so I definitely like the fact that you uh mentioned that you're trying to trade from everywhere I would be too in any leagues that I, I don't have him I would be looking to see how I can get him because he is um uh, you know underperforming compared to expectations from last year but yeah that 113 as much as I liked Vlad going in the year I probably would have taken the under as well there's not a lot of first basemen that I wouldn't trade to try and get Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt is coming right off the top of my head as somebody I would not trade. I think that I would definitely trade uh, one of our guys like Rowdy Telez or somebody like that. I, I would definitely try and trade them. Pete Alonso, that's a good question, Mark, whether or not I would trade Pete Alonso for uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I, I think, boy, that's a tough one, Rob. The Mets are really hitting the ball all over the place and scoring a lot of runs. Right now, Pete Alonso is mashing the ball as well. What do you think about that? Was that something that you would do? Or It's tough. Uh, I, I've actually heard this talked about, you know, multiple multiple analysts were saying, is Vlad still the number one first baseman rest of the year, and would you take him over Alonso? And, and it's been mixed results so far, but I think if I was drafting today, I would rather have Vlad from today forward than any other first baseman. If if I was if I was drafting today forward, um, still got to we still got to think. Yeah, you know, 
Goldie and and uh, Alonso and stuff have been awesome so far. T- Rowdy Tellez has been awesome, but it's still only been you know 100, 150 at bats, um, 100, 150 to two hundred at bats so far in the season. And how much does that weigh versus years worth mm-hmm. and projecting going forward? So I like all three. I like all three guys. Um, I, I don't have an issue with like anyone who would like to have the other ones over him. Um, I think it's certainly fair for sure. And they could outproduce him the rest of the year. They already have to this point. So it kind of depends on what your team needs to like, if you need batting average, I don't necessarily think I'm going to trade Freddie Freeman for Vlad Guerrero jr. You know, I, I just don't think so. Vlad looks fine. The only thing I thought about too, was that he changed hitting environments this season. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. a new stadium. It's going to Toronto last year, of course, with the COVID restrictions and everything that just couldn't happen there in Canada. And so, you know, he changed ballparks. And I, I, anyway, I took the under on that one. It's looking pretty good. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. I took the under on him getting 115 RBIs, too. He's sitting at 16. I locked that one in, baby. I locked that one in. That's that's. I'm, I'm spending that money on a coffee or something like that, Rob, already. Rafael Devers, I took the under of him getting 115 RBIs. He's sitting at 26. I'm looking. A, I, I'm getting a little nervous on that one. The, the, the Red Sox are really mashing the ball right now. Yeah, it's tough. I still like the under on on both of those calls. Um, obviously, Devers is in a much better lineup than Soto, so Devers is going to have a lot more opportunity, and he's shown he's a he's a great RBI producer. So they could be sweating that one a little bit. Um, the Soto one, like you said, as much as I love Soto, as much as I think he's one of the best players in the game, you could make an argument that he is the best player. Um, he he uh, he's in such a horrible lineup yes. that. Pretty much like the he, he as you've seen. I mean, I think he has what eight or ten home runs, but only sixteen RBIs. I know he's had like mostly solo shots, so it's just like that. That was a that was a nice under to go with. Yeah, uh, the other one I took here on this one, uh, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. under thirty four and a half home runs. He's sitting at two right now. We'll lead this into a fantasy question because I've seen Acuna play. I've I've watched his stats a little bit, and when you look at some of the underlying metrics of him. The pop just isn't there right now for him. And I don't know if that's because of the lower legs or the lower body injuries. He's not able to get the legs under the swing or what that is. And I saw him. He just doesn't look right. And, of course, having that kind of lower injuries, I don't want to say they rushed him back or anything. And maybe over time this will heal up. But I think that I'm pretty safe on that under 34 and a half home runs. He's sitting at two right now, Rob. I can't see that going, I don't know, much above 15, 20 right now. Yeah, I agree. That's that would have been an easy under call for me um, with him being hurt heading into the year. Um, you know how I am with uh, guys who are currently hurt being so low on on guys, knowing that there could be setbacks, uh, knowing it could re-aggravate the injury easier. They might not be 100 percent when they come back, all these kind of things. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're you're looking really good in that one. Uh, and, and, you know, for fantasy perspective here, you can't do much with Ronald Acuna. But to me, if I could trade him, I know he's got nine steals. But, man, when you look at how much he's done over the last week or so, it's just not something that I'm really excited about. I, would you want to trade Ronald Acuna for t- just to see what you could get for him? I mean, shooting for the moon for him and seeing what his return is. Uh, is that something that you would want to do, Rob? Or are you just going to hold on to that guy and see where he gets you? 
I would say in more situations than that, I'd probably hold. But um, there is definitely, depending on you know league settings and formats, so depending on where you are in the standings, like if you if you were pretty far ahead in steals, um, maybe and you're playing in a roto league or a head-to-head categories league and you need more power, uh, it could be something to to look into, see what you can get from. Because I mean, you you should be able to get a lot. Um, now, if you put them out there and, and no one's really giving you anything, then that's a, just an easy hold at that point because I'm sure his, his power numbers will probably tick up a little bit and that as the weather gets warmer, they have a generally a pretty good park, pretty great lineup. So I'm not too worried about him. Um, my biggest worry about him heading into the year was any kind of setback and also his running, and he's he's been running. So um, I'm not really too worried about him um but like i said there would be those certain situations they could look to deal him yeah and he has been running he's got nine steals i think two or three of those steals were right whenever he came off of ir to kind of maybe to prove a point a little bit or something i, I don't know so it'd be one of those things i'd keep my eye on acuna if somebody made me an offer that i couldn't refuse I think I'd have to not refuse it. We'll see what happens this weekend as he goes into Coors Field. Maybe he will find his power in Coors Field. Rob, speaking of power, let's look at these power rankings. See who's on top of each one of these standings here in MLB right now. The Yankees are still on top of that AL East, 34 and 15, followed by Toronto, who has been on a tear as of late. They are 8-2 and two over their last 10, Rob. Won six in a row, six in a row, and they have just been scoring a lot of runs. Tampa Bay at 28 and 21, Boston 23 and 27, making a little move. They are sitting at 500 their last 10 games, and Baltimore. Still not not going away too far. They're only six and a half back of the Yankees, uh, but they're they're hanging tough in there. And I think that they've actually like surprised Boston a little bit this past weekend. Unfortunately, if you surprise somebody like Boston, you're not going to surprise people going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Boston. Um, Boston is definitely a uh, team that all of a sudden has gotten real hot too. Uh, so from their standpoint, Boston, Boston, uh, you know, is going to be a team that's going to be, I think, roaring up the rankings. So like you said, with, with Baltimore surprising them a bit, um, I still expect Baltimore to finish last in that, in that division. I mean, I think the other, the other four teams are just too strong. Um, Boston, Boston's been turning it on a little bit, but they, it's going to be so tough in that division because the Yankees have been so good. The Rays always, always end up good at the end of the year. Um, and then the Blue Jays, uh, haven't, have kind of struggled so far too. Although they're, I think they're, I think when I last checked, they were 28 and 20. I'm not sure if that's exactly what they are right now, but mm-hmm. they, yeah, they, uh, with, with how poor they've hit compared to what they can be hitting, um, they could easily go on a, on a, on a streak anytime soon too. So yeah, I think it's only a matter of time before for Baltimore gets left in the dust. You, you can't see my screen anymore. Mm, let's see. I cannot see your screen right now. No, why not? I am not sure. I'm okay, not sure. I'll stop sharing. I'll uh, stop sharing. Confirm. Stop sharing. How about if I share again? Let's see if that does it. Start sharing. Let's see if I can do that. Yes, because you are right. They are 28 and 20. And I was wrong. Baltimore is 14 games back behind the Yankees, six and a half 
back of the wild card. Minnesota in the central is on top of that one, 30 and 21. White Sox, 23 and 24. Cleveland is five and a half games back. Detroit, 10 games back. And Kansas City, 13 games back. I don't know how Minnesota does it, but they're still doing it. That whole division is a 500 division. Somebody's going to have to make a move sooner or later. Minnesota is going to have to stay out of the hospital, and maybe that will be their team. <laughs> Houston sitting there 33 and 18, five and a half games above the Los Angeles Angels. Texas is seven and a half games back, six and four over their last 10, where the Angels are three and seven in their last 10, Rob. Seattle is four and six in their last 10, and they are 11 games back, and the Oakland Athletics are slipping, slipping fading away at 14 games behind the Houston uh, Astros. Yeah, I think when we talked about the, the standings before, he, Oakland was a little bit closer, and I was saying I, I can't how I can't believe they even are with that lineup. So it's uh, I think right now is kind of all the teams are kind of doing what, what we really expected them to uh, and where they're at in the standings. Although Seattle's been a bit disappointing, I think. Um, I think most people, including myself, expected Seattle to be higher in the standings and be more of a contender uh, this year. But um, especially if you were to say how good Julio's been, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they still they still are struggling pretty badly so far. Hey, can I put in this? Uh, maybe uh, Perez. Maybe Perez listens to this. I wasted a draft pick on a catcher early up because I thought that I was going to have a, an advantage, right? An advantage <laughs> if I get Perez as a catcher. He had such an outstanding year last year. And I figured there was a little bit of regression coming. But, Rob, this is not a little bit of regression. This is a lot of bit of regression coming my way for Perez and, and having this catcher. Never again will I ever draft a catcher that high. Never again. I will struggle with finding a catcher all year long. But I am never going to do that again. That I have regretted that every single bit. Can't Kansas City struggling tremendously on offense, a minus 77 on run differential right now. They have only scored 182 runs, and I, I'll blame Salvi Perez for all of it. I can't blame you. I can't blame you. I, I drafted him a couple spots as well. It's been frustrating because, like you said, you're expecting to get such a huge advantage over the field at a at a weak position, and you're supposed to get a guy who, even with regression, should be among yes. some of the power leaders, regardless of position. And it's been, it's been brutal so far. I mean, he, he was hurt. And I think honestly, no excuses. This is, no, see, no. this is, this is, this is, the, this is the, the thing I talk about though, where I, once a guy gets hurt, everyone, everyone is all of a sudden becomes so optimistic and they say, Oh, well, he's, 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 uh, I'm not, I don't want to trade him away or I don't want to get rid of him because he's only, he's only going to be out for, he's only on the, 10 day IL or 15 day IL and he'll be back in two weeks and be perfectly fine. And everyone just expects after two weeks now that they are going to plug this guy right back in and he's going to go back to mashing. And sometimes that happens, but more often than not, it doesn't. And whatever injury he had doesn't just magically go away after two weeks. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a progression. So he may still be feeling like lingering effects from that, from those injuries. And it just might be something where he struggles all year with it. And it, and it just goes kind of un undetected, unnoticed and his numbers just struggle all year. And these are the kind of things where I always warn people injuries affect people more than, than people think. And um, I think this could be one of the guys that, that it's happening to. What happened to my Rays and sunshine guy? What happened to my, 
you know, silver <laughs> cloud guy, because you're just you're depressing me about Perez. And if he ever gets over 200, I'm trading him as fast as I, if I ever get a little bit of a hot streak, I am going to trade him as fast as I can for whatever I can get out of him. The New York Mets, who are just tearing it up, might be the best team in baseball if they can get some pitching back. They are 35 and 17 right now. They are eight and two over their last 10. And I'm telling you, I think that none of those games they scored less than a hundred runs. I it just I think they scored a hundred <laughs> runs in every game. Atlanta Braves are ten and a half games back in that division already. Miami twelve and a half. Philadelphia thirteen games back, and Washington is sitting there at seventeen games back. Uh, they they but the, but the one good thing about Washington they've scored more runs than Kansas City. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I can say <laughs> about that right there in that division. Milwaukee is two and a half games above St. Louis, nine and a half games above Pittsburgh. 11 games above my Cubs. Oh, that's that's 13 and a half games above the Cincinnati Reds. My Cubs are almost at the bottom of that division. And man, that seemed to happen very quickly, Rob. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Cubs, you know, it's, 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 we kind of, you kind of took the same route as the, as, uh, the guardians over there. And, uh, I mean, 2016, we were facing each other in the world series and, Oh. Now, now we're middling, middling teams in the in the central divisions, and uh, trending trending downwards. So, yeah, it's 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 frustrating. I think um, so. The crazy thing I wanted to add about the Mets too is mm-hmm. that they've done this with no Jacob Degrom all year. Um, so, like you said, it, it's been the, all their offense. Lindor's been incredible. Alonso has been incredible. Starling Marte, like this this team's been been insane on the off on with the uh lineup scoring runs so um they've had good i mean carrasco's been been good too um tyler tyler mcgill was really good until he had one one big blow up and then he's been hurt but um but yeah uh once they get once they get uh scherzer and uh degrom back that could be huge for them it sure can be. Uh, L.A. Dodgers are on top of that division by three and a half, the NL West, by three and a half over the San Diego Padres, San Francisco Giants at five and a half. Arizona is nine and a half games back, and Colorado is 11 games back right now as of this point, and they have got a big homestand coming up here this weekend as well. And then they're going to – Rob, Colorado is going to have to be on the road for like ever because they have played every single game at home, I believe, uh, just about. It seems 27 games they have played at home they're seven. They've only played 22 games on the road, but they have a home stand going on right now. So I, I'm afraid if you had a Colorado Rocky, I would be trying to sell him after this weekend. That's what I'd be doing because they just don't perform as well on the road as they do at home. Yeah, I can't blame you. That's um, they definitely, you know, ton of studies have shown versus home, especially that first game on the road is is a big one. Just that it's a you know an adjustment on the way the ball moves through the air um, and the way the batters see it. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame anyone that wants to uh, try to move some, some of their Colorado players while they can. No, not at all. I want to move those Colorado players if I could a yeah. little bit, just just to be able to try and get something for them. Uh, this weekend, the series, uh, Rob, start out Cardinals and Cubs. They'll be playing uh, a series this weekend. Nationals at Reds, Giants at Marlins, Guardians at Orioles. Arizona will be at Pittsburgh this weekend. So plug some Arizona Diamondbacks in there. Plug your Guardian pitchers in there. Make sure that you're playing them or if you're streaming those guys against the Baltimore Orioles, that's always a good thing. The Angels at the Phillies. That 
that ought to be good for the Phillies. They're um, simply because the Angels' pitching staff is not that great. I know that they've had a no-hitter. I, I get you. And Otani, I think, is pitching maybe tomorrow. Possibly, I think Otani's pitching tomorrow, so maybe the Phillies won't have to deal with him too much. But uh, when I when I think about uh, the the Angels pitching staff, nobody jumps out there at me where the Phillies might be able to get some hot at bats right now. So so make sure you're getting those Phillies off the waiver wire, and maybe we can find a couple of them for you. Tigers at the Yankees, Rob. The Yankees ought to light it up this weekend. The Twins at the Blue Jays. That ought to be a good one. White Sox at the Tampa Bay Rays. Seattle at Texas. Texas Rangers. Uh, their bats have been pretty good. They're, they're starting to warm up there in Texas. And the Seattle Mariners coming to town, I, I like some of that. Uh, Seattle, though, they got a nice little young pitching staff, Rob. Yeah, definitely. Two guys that have been really, really good for them. Uh, Logan Gilbert has you know stepped up from what he did last year. He's been awesome. And then uh, um, George Kirby. He just yeah. had a really, really nice outing. The uh, I think it was yesterday or so, maybe the day before, but um against Baltimore and and he's he's been incredible. I think he has like a 26 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio somewhere somewhere in there. He, I mean it, it's been incredible. So um it would be nice to see him uh keep that up. They had encouraging signs from Matt Brash early in the year and then he really 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 uh fell apart. They you know moved him back to the minors and he's been pitching relief in the minors I think right now, but um he had showed at least a little bit of promise, but those two guys uh Gilbert and uh, Kirby look like they can be uh, high-end starters for that team for years to come. Yeah, Robbie Ray, of course, Marco Gonzalez. Yep. So those people are going to run into some uh, pretty tough pitching there for Texas. I, I I think twice about picking up Rangers off the waiver wire this weekend. Astros at the at the Royals. We've already talked about how uh, the Royals just have a pitiful offense right now. The Padres at the Brewers. Atlanta at Colorado. I'd be looking to pick up some Atlanta Braves if any of them are out there. Especially one, who do we say? Wilson, not Wilson Contreras, but his brother William Contreras. He's he might still be available on the waiver wire. I wonder how eligible he is at outfield jet rob i i, I gotta check that out boston at oakland and the new york mets and the la dodgers Woo! that one might That's... be a preview of the national league it, they still they still do that right they separate national league and american league champions right they, they still do mm-hmm. that the playoffs are so weird nowadays everybody's in them i don't know anymore <laughs> yeah that could be a, a an nlcs preview for sure um those two teams, you know, look like the cream of the crop in, in the National League right now. And Dodgers, you know, it was expected Dodgers heading into the year. They, um, that lineup was so ridiculous. And that team's just always so good uh, with the amount they spend on it. And then the Mets really spent a lot this year. And like I said, it's been a surprise that they've been as good with without DeGrom and, and without Scherzer lately, too. So, um, yeah, it, that, that's going to be a fun one. Okay, Rob, what does your team need here as we look at some of these players off the waiver wire who have been really hot the last 14 days? Sometimes that involves pitching. Sometimes it just involves a batter getting their act together at the plate and doing a whole lot of damage. Right now, whenever I look at this, what's this? How do you say this? Luis Araz. All I know is that he is four position eligible from Minnesota. First base, second base, third base, outfield. And he has gotten 24 out of 57. Uh, he got 24 hits out of 57 plate appearances. Not any pop in that bat at all. But man, he is batting 421 right now, Rob, over the last 14 days. He is only 59, uh, 78% rostered. What do you think about picking up our little Araz? Yeah, I'm, I, I like him. 
Um, I actually have him on a couple teams. Uh, I have him in a points league where, where the play discipline plays up, and I also have him, you know, in an AL only league and and things like that. So he's he's an interesting guy. Like you said, there's real really no pop. I mean, even last year he only hit two home runs in 428 at bats, and he doesn't steal. He only had two steals last year. He had, he does have two steals already this year, but that that uh, batting average is going to be strong and. Over the last, like you said, over the last two weeks, it's 421. Over the last month, it's 395. And on the year, he's 351. And uh, he's hitting high up in the lineup, so he's he's a good run producer too. Um, yep. So, yeah, if you need runs or average help, um, he's he's definitely a guy to look to. Only 57% rostered is this next fella, and he is catcher eligible. And uh, maybe we're struggling with little Perez, and I have been. I've been looking for the waiver wire. Who do I want to get? I don't want to get anybody. I'm sticking with Perez. He's my guy. And I keep regretting it every 0 for 4, every 0 for 3, every 0 for hmm. strikeout all over the place. He is batting 452. That is Christian Vasquez right now for Boston, and he is tearing it up. 19 hits out of the last 42 plate appearances, one home run, but he has 12 RBIs over those plate appearances. And once again, batting 452, Rob. I don't see that going anywhere this weekend. As uh, who did I say they were playing? Do you remember? I don't remember. You're not passing the test if you don't remember, Rob. Oh, they're playing wow. Oakland. They're playing at yeah. Oakland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. He, he'll tear it up this weekend, too. Yeah, o- Oakland's not um, uh, super strong staff outside of Frankie Montas. So, um, yeah, Vasquez is a guy that's kind of been up and down a little bit over the past couple of years. He's been a guy that, you know, is really kind of been more of a top 12 guy more often. I feel like more often than not, um, simply because he plays more often. He was in a good lineup. Um, he can run, he can run a little bit here and there. And, and, um, so yeah, he's a, he's always a guy that's been around for and and at catcher. Anytime you get a guy that can do pretty much anything, um, that's, that's a guy you're going to want to, want to be able to use for especially while he's hot yeah and and tons of people will be on in front of him he's really he's batting fifth sixth seventh in that lineup all the time so only 57 percent roster if you're looking for a catcher to give you a little something other than a big old sombrero like my guy perez is giving you every single night hey also rob caesar hernandez this is funny guess how rostered caesar hernandez is for the washington uh, Nationals, I think they're still called, and he is batting leadoff for them. He's batting 333 over the last 14 days. Uh, a, you know, good RBI or good run producer. He should be batting at the top of that order. Always number one. Hmm. I know people don't tend to like him a ton, but he, he is a leadoff hitter. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess he is around 40 percent. 15 percent rostered. According to mm. Yahoo, he is 15% rostered heading into Cincinnati this weekend where you know the pitching staff is less than desirable for Cincinnati. I think we could say that. He should be able to score a lot of runs this weekend if you're looking for some run production over there. Cesar Hernandez batting 333. He'll add you a little bit of batting average as well. Another name, Rob, that I got to point out here, batting number one now for the San Diego Padres, which, you know, the lineup has gotten a little cold in San Diego. I will be the first one to admit that. But Jerickson Profar is batting number one for the Padres, and he is at batting 333 over the last 14 days, only 56% rostered. I think that needs to go up this weekend if you're looking for some run production and also a little bit of batting average. He has a little bit of pop in that bat. Yeah, he's a, he's interesting because he uh, he flashed earlier this year, too. 
Uh, he had a really, really nice stretch to begin the year. And he's been a, you know, he was talked up a lot as a guy that was kind of like a post post hype kind of guy because he used to be a truly elite prospect. And then he had so many injuries that, that uh, knocked him down. But yeah, it, it would be nice to see him sustain this, this production. But like you said, might as well ride, ride it while you can, at least. I don't know how to say his name. I will. Th- I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to get the last name, right? Uh, Luis Guillermo. Did I say that right for the New York Mets? I think so. Yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, well, we don't know. Uh, maybe his mother's listening. He'll be very outraged at me. But uh, he's only 10% rostered. And I point this name out because we talked about how high-powered of an offense that New York Met offense is. And we always want to get a piece of that kind of offense whenever we're talking about fantasy production, whether you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs over in football or you're talking about baseball with the Dodgers or maybe even these New York Mets this weekend. And I know the Met, I know the Dodgers are the Dodgers. But let me just tell you, I think Pittsburgh has won two out of the three in L.A., so far this past week, uh, the Dodgers just aren't scaring me from a pitching standpoint right now. And and Guillermo has been batting leadoff a couple of times this week for the Mets. That might be a guy you're looking for over the last 14 days. He's he's scored 10 runs. He's batting 500. Only only has batted 34 times though. But I think that that's really come on over this past week, Rob. Yeah, definitely. Um, he he's he's a guy that looks like he you know has a good hit tool he's even on the season he's hitting 365 last year he hit 265 which isn't bad so you know he as long as he's getting opportunities at the top of the lineup i did see uh, that he bat he did bat eighth today yeah um so it's something to something to keep an eye on unless mm-hmm. it was just kind of a pinch hit situation because it looked like it was only uh, one at bat with two runs, so maybe he had some walks, but I'm not I'm not 100 sure. But yeah, we keep an eye on it because if he is gonna keep uh, leading off at the top of that lineup with his uh, plate discipline and being able to get a lot of hits, he should score a lot of runs. He could be a very Luis Arias type of player. Oh, Kanye, I think Kanye, Kanye. I don't know how you say. It. He led off yesterday, so I don't know what they're doing in New York as far as bouncing people around. Maybe there's a little injury thing going on with them and and whoever. I always get McNeil and the other guy. I always get those two guys confused. They're the same guy in my head. I can't remember who's who. Uh, you got a little bit of. Uh, uh, Austin Hayes running through my brain over the last fourteen. Days, Rob. He has uh, gotten 17 out of 51 hits, 11 runs scored, two home runs, 10 RBIs, one stolen base, batting 333 over the last 14 days. He's only 64% rostered. I'm telling you, those little Baltimore Orioles are pesky little boogers. Yeah, definitely. Hayes Hayes has been a guy I've liked for yeah a couple of years now. I mean, he's he was like a pretty high prospect kind of guy last year he hit 22 homers 73 runs 71 rbis even chipped in four steals 256 i mean that kind of goes under the radar i don't think anyone would have thought he had that that solid of a line and you know this year he's on pace to do very similar with an even better batting average so he's um he's he's more than a serviceable uh, outfielder to to snag I got two more guys here, Rob, and we'll wrap this all up over the top 25 hitters, the hottest hitters over the last two weeks. A guy we probably all love to hate. We wish we didn't have him on our team until we sit there and need him on our team, and then we go out and get him because he's always out there on the waiver wire. He's only 8% rostered. He bats right there around cleanup, it seems like, every single time for the Arizona 
Diamondbacks, not the Cardinals, Diamondbacks. <laughs> and he, he is batting 348 over the last two weeks, three home runs, 11 RBIs, seven runs scored. That is a David Peralta for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Rob. Yeah, for sure. He's uh he's a guy. It's funny. I just added him in another league um, earlier today, actually. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been he's been awesome. He's been uh, I had read something about or heard something about that. He had kind of bulked up, changed his changed mm-hmm. his like swing plane and, yep. and things like that and kind of to try to get more power. Um, and it's been it's been working so far. So um, and he's I think he's been hitting pretty hard of that order. Um, yep. most of the time, and I think I saw it was like four, fifth, six in that range. More often than not, they're not a great lineup, but anytime you're hitting, you know, hard of an hard of an order, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be good for uh, run production. And um, like you said, he's hitting 348 over the last two weeks, three homers, 11 RBIs. He's got uh, six homers over the last month, hitting 288, and eight homers on the year with 24 RBIs on the year. So, yeah, he's he's I mean he's pacing for. 75 to 100 RBIs and then uh, 25 to 30 homers. So that, that'll uh, that'll play. And he plays against Pittsburgh this weekend. So if you're struggling in those departments, make sure you go out there and add David Peralta. And the last guy, I don't I don't I never know about this guy. He, he's only 33 percent rostered. So another leadoff hitter that's just not very rostered. But the Boston Red Sox, Kiki Hernandez, a second base and outfield eligible. Over the last uh, 14 days, over the last two weeks, he's batting 250, 10 runs scored, three home runs, eight RBIs. He's really dialed up the home run number over the last couple of weeks, Rob. I never know what to do with Kiki Hernandez because every time he's on my team, I get a little bit disappointed. And I'm like, oh, he's a waiver wire guy. I don't need him on my team. But, man, if you need runs scored, I just I can't see anybody. I, I don't know. I, I can't see anybody else better just because of the offense he's in. Exactly. He, he – um... He's he's a guy that I think Scott Pianowski hypes him up a lot. Talks about if you uh, need run production, I mean he he leads off for Boston, and we just talked about how good that lineup's been and how much runs they score. Boston's park is one of the best park factors for runs scored, um, a, like a run scored boost. So all those things are are playing in his favor for sure. He's a solid hitter. Um, yeah. Last yeah, year he had the- eight. I was going to say, he's always that BABIP guy like we've talked about before, where his he always underperforms what mm-hmm. his contact numbers are, what his ISO numbers are. And his BABIP, you sit there and go, okay, this BABIP's going to go up. This BABIP's going to go up. His batting average is going to go up. And it never does. At least it hasn't in a Boston uniform. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like last year, right right now, this year, he's only hitting 203 on the year. He started out really, really struggling. The whole lineup wasn't wasn't doing very well, and they've they've turned it up lately. And Last year he hit 250, and like you mentioned, over the last two two weeks he's hit 250. So um, then he get he shows a little bit of pop. He had 20 homers last year, and I think he get get to the 15, 20 homer mark again this year. And you know he's pacing for another 80 plus to 80 to 100 runs again, and um, he's he's pacing for more RBIs than he had last year. So yeah, he could turn out to be really useful. He doesn't run very much, and the no. like you said, the average isn't going to be much of a help, but it might not hurt you either. I don't think Boston has a very good run mentality. They're not going to steal a lot of bases overall as a team. And I, I think that Kiki, they're, they're launching. 
man, they're 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 launching rockets in Boston is all they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe Keegan Hernandez is one of those guys that you want to go out there and pick up. He, if he ever does anything like like we anticipate him doing with the underlying statistics, he should be a really good ball player. Good job, Rob. We hit it out of the park, I think, again tonight talking about baseball. And I know you and I have developed this little passion for baseball a little bit here over the offseason of the Baby Bowl. Uh, so I really appreciate you being able to talk about baseball like that. Yeah, thanks for having me. I love love me some fantasy baseball. Love talking baseball. So, yeah, I uh, I agree. It's been it's been really fun to uh, talk some fantasy baseball in the offseason. Yes, sir. Okay, don't forget to follow Rob over there on Twitter at Norton0723. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And you can follow me as well at Loafinet over on Twitter. But more importantly than all those other actions, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 